Hi there. This is Dr. Jana Price-Sharps with MindPilot. Today we're going to talk about something that is really important but a lot of people don't think about. What happens when you start to heal? See, we have something called homeostasis, and it affects our entire um, support network. It affects our families. It affects uh, people with their coworkers. Uh, it actually can even impact you with the public if you're around the public. And so when I'm just going to use an example, let's say we have a police officer and he or she starts to feel better and they start communicating in a little bit less police officer fashion or deputy fashion. Uh, when they're talking to their wife, maybe instead of saying, hey, didn't you get bread? They say, hey, are you going to go to the store? Could you pick up some bread? So maybe you send your wife or husband or significant other text messages. Hi, I love you. Hope you're doing well. And suddenly you come home and that person says, what's the matter with you? Why are you sending me those text messages? And I've heard that so many times. And so I tell folks, as you're changing, it's good to let your significant other or spouse know what you're doing. I've had spouses say, are you having an affair? What do you feel guilty about? Why are you saying you love me? Because it's a massive change in the communication style. So it's really important to kind of keep them in the loop as you change. But I also want to bring up something that it's going to sound a little weird, but bear with me. You see, you may have had a temper for quite a while, and you may have been with your person, significant other, spouse, whoever, for a long time. And so here's what can happen over time. Let's say you're very upset with your spouse, significant other about something, and you bring it up to them. And maybe they know that what they did wasn't that kosher. Maybe they spent more money that was in your budget, or maybe they, you know, I don't know, uh, got mad at your mother, or, you know, who knows. And so they feel kind of guilty for what they did. And so... You know, as people, we really don't like to be called on the carpet. We just don't, you know, and so sometimes it's hard to own stuff, right? And so sometimes it's easier to get a person off topic or with a first responder, sometimes it's easier to poke them and make them mad so that they'll leave us alone. And so very often I have found in marriages and relationships that that's been the case. They'll bring up something to their spouse. Their spouse says something that makes them mad. They yell at their spouse. Now they're the bad guy or the bad gal. And the conversation dead ends at that point, And the issue never gets addressed. Now, does the other person know they're doing that? No, a lot of times I don't think they do. Sometimes they may, but a lot of times they just feel uncomfortable, so they kind of poke the bear, and then there's an explosion, and then they just kind of walk away from it. And that issue never gets addressed. 
So be aware of that. As you begin to change and you begin to cool your system down and you begin to communicate more effectively, not everybody's going to be initially happy with that. Some people at work may not be happy because now you're keeping people more accountable or maybe your children are not thrilled that you're back in the mix and, and parenting more or maybe... I don't know, maybe the public who you've just been so frustrated with, you've kind of ignored, now you're doing more of the stops you need to be making. Whatever the case may be, realize that when you start to heal, you start to spend more time in the moment. And that means you're more effective and again, not everybody's going to be thrilled with this. I used to, I'm going to give you an example from my years of working in drugs and alcohol. Um, but I see the same thing with people that have had PTSD or major depression or anything like that, where the family gets used to a certain pattern of behavior. Um, I would have addicts who start to get clean, they're sober, they're going to meetings, they're doing well. <clears throat> and the family says very helpful things like, well, we all know this won't last. We all know that, you know, Sid is always relapsing and he's going to relapse. And, and so I don't even know why you're bothering to go to treatment because we all know you're going to relapse. And Sid hasn't shown any signs of relapse. But maybe the family is very uncomfortable. Maybe Sid is setting better boundaries. Maybe he is more... Uh, candid in his communication with his family. Maybe he is becoming successful. I've had people that have a lot of codependency. Codependency is when you are focused on other people, much more so than yourself. When people go into treatment, whether it's drug and alcohol or anything that absorbs people's time, and PTSD certainly absorbs people's time, they get really kind of scared. It's like, okay, if this person gets healthy, will they need me? Will they want me? Will they need me to be around? What will be my role? I have taken care of them for so long. What will be my role in their life if they no longer need me? And so it is a really important thing to be aware of. And at some points, it may be an important thing to communicate with your family members. You might find a, a supervisor, for instance, that says, well, we all know you always fall down and go back to binge drinking, or we all know that you go back to, you know, having affairs, so that's just going to happen. You know, people tend to say things like that. Do not take that in, okay? Uh, put a boundary up and say something like, you know what, that, that really isn't very helpful. I'm trying really hard. I'm doing a good job. Please don't say that to me again. Put a boundary up because it's not okay when people say that. You don't need that. You're trying to work on yourself. You're trying to heal. You don't need that. But the second thing is you have to be careful with yourself. What is your self-talk? I know. We always talk about self-talk. I know. <laughs> 
But your self-talk needs to be, I can do this. I'm taking one moment at a time. I'm taking one day at a time. But look, I have done this, this, and this. I'm doing good. You know, and if I hit a bump in the road, I hit a bump in the road, but I'm going to be okay. But right now I'm focusing on today. And so you need to be that cheerleader for yourself much more so than anybody else. And maybe people aren't in a place to be a cheerleader for you. Maybe they're not doing well themselves, but you need to be the cheerleader for you. Allow yourself to get better. Here's the other one that I see often is people are mad at themselves. They hate themselves. They're ticked off at themselves for some decisions they've made. And then they don't allow themselves to heal. Allow yourself to heal. You deserve to have a happy life. You deserve to have a good life. You deserve to be okay. And so make sure that as you're getting better, uh, that... It's okay that you're getting better. I remember one time I was listening to Tony Robbins, who, if you haven't listened to him, he's a great motivational speaker. And he said something about the temperature gauge. And he says, if you're used to it being at 70 and suddenly you put it to 85, there's a tendency to want to put it back down to 70. And if 85 is more successful than 70, the same thing can apply when you're starting to get successful. So just be aware of homeostasis and how it impacts your ability to function on a day-to-day basis, but also how it impacts your ability to heal. And realize homeostasis affects everybody around you. They are used to SID being a certain way. When SID isn't that way, they suddenly react to that. So just be aware of that. Set your boundaries good, you know, and be clear in your communication. And be very careful what you're saying to yourself. You deserve to be happy. You deserve to have good days. This is Dr. Jana Price-Sharps from MindPilot. Don't forget to subscribe. (laughs)